But I think that's the thing, is that if you've got a glass jaw, if you are too soft to handle, I don't know, different points of view or new points of view or things that might make you uncomfortable, you shouldn't be in the ring. This is Don Hall. And I'm David Himmel. And this is the Literate Apecast. Apecast is a production of literateape.com, and the apes would like to advise you that inappropriate language and themes may follow. If you are easily triggered, best to go listen to a public radio podcast. Since its founding in 1865, the nation has published some of the most important voices in American poetry, including Hart Crane, Elizabeth Bishop, Amiri Baraka, and Adrian Rich. But last week, the venerable Progressive Weekly published what may have been a first, an apology for one of its offerings that ran twice as long as the poem itself. Jesus. The 14-line poem by a young poet named Anders Carlson Wee was posted on the magazine's website on July 5th called How To and seemingly written in the voice of a homeless person begging for handouts. It offered advice on how to play on the moral self-regard of passers-by by playing up or even inventing hardship. But after a firestorm of criticism on social media over a white poet's attempt at black vernacular, Ugh. as well as a line in which the speaker makes reference to being crippled, the magazine said it had made a serious mistake in publishing it. We are sorry for the pain we have caused to the many communities affected by this poem, the magazine's, magazine's poetry editors. St Stephanie Burt and Carmen Gimenez-Smith wrote in a statement posted on Twitter last week which was posted above the poem on the magazine's website a day later, along with the editor's note calling the poem's language disparaging and ableist. Ableist? That's what it says. What does when that even we, mean? When we read the poem, we took it as a profane, over-the-top attack on the ways in which members of many groups are asked or required to perform the work of marginalization, they wrote, but we can no longer read the poem in that way. Here, my friend, okay. is the poem. You, if you got HIV, say AIDS. If you a girl, say you're pregnant. Nobody gonna lower themselves to listen for the kick. People passing fast. Splay your legs, cock and knee funny. It's the littlest shames they're likely to comprehend. Don't say homeless, they know you is. What they don't know is what opens a wallet, what stops them from counting what they drop. If, you, if you're young, say younger. Old, say older. If you're crippled, don't flaunt it. Let them think they're good enough, Christians, to notice. Don't say you pray, say you sin. It's about who they believe they is. You hardly even there. That's the poem. Okay. Here's his apology after having his poem redacted. Now, hang on. The nation apologized. Yeah. And the author apologized. This is the author's apology. Okay. To all who have voiced questions and concerns about my poem in the nation, I'm listening closely and I'm reflecting deeply. I'm sorry for the pain I have caused and I take responsibility for that. I intended for this poem to address the invisibility of homelessness, and clearly it doesn't work. Treading anywhere close to blackface is horrifying to me, and I'm profoundly regretful. The fact that I did not foresee this reading of the poem and the harm it would cause is humbling and eye-opening. I'm beginning a process of talking to people and reevaluating what it means to make art in this world from a place of privilege and the responsibility and accountability that comes with it. 
As someone suggested, I will be donating my publication honorarium to downtown congregations to end homelessness. I'm grateful to all of you for voicing your thoughts and feelings, and I will be thinking hard about this for a long, long time. I continue to listen. A long, long time. Two longs. With yeah. A, with a comma. <sighs> okay, so first of all, that poem was about homelessness? Yeah. Because I heard AIDS, pregnancy. But just basically, I mean, it's like, this is advice. If you're going to be, if you're going to, if you're homeless and you want to get people to give you money, here's how to manipulate people into giving you money. Gotcha. Okay. That's really the essence of the poem. Okay. Okay. See, so what, what's the issue that, that a white guy wrote it in stereotypical black so I don't really see that that, that was stereotypical black. I, I don't either. I only say that because you, the, you read the apology uh -huh. I first. Read. That's exactly why I read it that way. I, who cares? Here's my question is, <laughs> we're sorry, the editors say, we're sorry for the pain we have caused to the many communities affected by the poem. The poet says, the poet says, um, I, I am sorry for the pain I have caused, and I take responsibility for that. So my question becomes more, I mean, there's a lot of questions. Yeah. I just wanted to read that surprise you with it. What the fuck pain is caused? Who's in pain over this fucking poem? Yeah, I, 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 I don't know the answer to that question. What, what I also don't know is who gives a fuck? Apparently a lot of uh, Twitter people. I mean, like, why, let me, why does anybody give a fuck? Like, why can't a poet just write some shit that might be outside of his or her own world. Like, isn't that the benefit of knowing other cultures and, and, and dipping into them and saying, what is it like to be inside the mind of a, as a man of a, of a woman? Like, I'm going to try and write the character of a woman. I, I don't, I mean, like, he didn't say that homelessness is bad or that black homeless people are worse than white homeless people or anything like that. Mm -hmm. It's it's a it's a fake character. Yeah, he wrote it. In, he wrote it's, it's a character poem. It's, I, so, I, I I don't know. Like, fuck. So what? Yeah, man. I just think it's very interesting. And, and get and over I, your this, shit. This Why is, are you looking for things to get hurt by? Well, and it, the thing is, there's I mean, there's so many things. Uh, <laughs> there are so, there's so many, many things. There's so many things to this. Uh, an issue that I have when I read this, I read this this morning, and I read it, and I went. My first reaction was, you gotta be fucking kidding me. And then the second thing reaction was, I kept coming back to the line, we are sorry for the pain we have caused. Yeah. And the line that he says, I'm sorry for the pain I have caused. And here's the thing, it caused offense. When did being offended become pain? I caused offense is different right. than I caused pain. and. Is is being offended really painful? I suppose it could be. How? Help me out with this, because I, I I I'm I'm really having an issue. Just okay. you know, it goes to the heart. Like if you if I say I'm hurt, then I'm hurt. Well, you know what? If I don't believe you're hurt because I see that you're fine and you're walking around and all you are is pissed off and offended, that doesn't mean you were hurt. I've seen people that are hurt. They limp and they bleed. That's what hurt people do. 
they cry. Well, there's there's you know? emotional hurt. Yeah, there's, there's emotional, emotional hurt. But, okay, I mean, so let's it. let's not discredit that there is emotional hurt. Well, emotional, emotional pain hurt, exists. But I mean, you're gonna fuck somebody's wife to get emotional hurt. That's pain. right. So let me try this. You if I somebody's child in the street for emotional pain. If I read a poem. If let's just, let's just say that I wrote a poem or did something that talked about uh, growing up without a, a father. Okay. Like your I dad. Agree. Yeah. So I your birth father. With multiple fathers, but not really uh, right. any more than damn until 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 dad. Yeah. Which, which then my mother didn't marry until I was in college. Right. And he is... He's arguably, my dad. He is he's my dad. Trumped all of them. Yes. As he's, he's, he's dad. Fuck all the rest of them. Fuck the biological dad. They're fuck all, them, right? Yeah, yeah, Doesn't matter. All, yeah, don't care about them. But let's say that I had written something about that and it, there was something in it that made it seem like, you know, you were less of a person or your mom was less of a person because your biological dad wasn't there for you. And you're like, that's kind of offensive because that's fucking bullshit because you, and I, I, maybe I'm putting words in your mouth, no, but you aren't less of a person because your biological dad wasn't around. You know, your mom isn't a, a worse wife or a mother or woman because she couldn't keep your biological dad around. And I keep in quotes, right? Sure, like, sure. So that might offend you because, like, that's fucking wrong, dude. That's that's offensive. It might cause you pain because then it makes you think about the pain you may have felt as a kid at first when it was like, why doesn't my dad want to be... And I don't know that you felt that. No. But let's just say that you did. Well, yeah, the let's is, just okay, say you did. So maybe there, maybe there's the pain it caused. But but that's a. St I mean, you I clearly speak, this is a stretch. I can speak, like it's yeah, hard I to get speak, there. Speaking for myself, since we're using me as an example, what I can say is that if if you've never met my mom, nope, you didn't know me when I was that age. I wasn't alive. Exactly. So your opinion <laughs> of my mom or of my and I have many. Well, sure. Yeah. But, it, it, I mean, it's interesting, but it doesn't matter enough to me to hurt my feelings or really even offend me. Yeah. You know, I mean, the thing about it is I remember when I was a, a this was when I was a 7th and 8th grade teacher back in the 90s, when you were just a small tot. Yeah, I was alive then. Yeah, mm -hmm. you were alive, but yep. you are small. Um, but I had one kid, and it was just funny. You know, one kid, you know, he's always had sort of... The, 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 the bully kids always had an antagonistic relationship with me because I was the top dog and they wanted to, you know, yeah. me kind of thing. That's yeah. kind of Oedipal, whatever you want to call it, with the teacher. And uh, one day, I remember, and it, it was just it just was serendipitous that my mom had, was coming to visit. She was in town. Mm -hmm. She was staying at my house. And I was teaching. And this kid decided to take that day to say, well, your mom's a fucking whore. As a as a as an insult, sure. Quality insult, you know, standard for an eighth grader. It's about sure. the best you got. Yeah. Um, you know, and I went, oh, but you don't know my mom, which is a fucking whore. I said, mm -hmm. then how would you know she's a fucking whore? You've never met my mom. How would you know if my mom was a whore? Yeah. And so the next day, I brought mom to school. At a boy. And we went into that classroom. He wasn't in my music class, but we went into his homeroom. And I introduced him to my mom. I said, Mom, apparently this young man thinks you're a whore. She, did you tell your mom you're going to do this before? Not at all, because I know my mom. That's awesome. And my mom went, well, I've had sex with a lot of men, but I've never taken money for it. So I wouldn't say I'm a whore, especially. How would you know I was a whore? And this kid 
was pissing his pants. He was freaking out. Yeah. Because he didn't know what he was talking about. Didn't offend my mom. Didn't offend me. Right. Just because you say your offense is pain doesn't make it fucking pain. Right? Or am I just full of shit? No, am I, just, I... Am I just a throwback to the Neolithic age? I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I think, you know, it's it's to each their own, right? Like, some people are more sensitive than you and I are, right? Like, I... So, similar to your, your mom's a horror story, uh, and it's nice to know that, that... To confirm that she's not, although... Shame on her for not oh, making thought, a buck. When if I she's going to fuck school, all these dudes, make a buck. When I was buck, in high school, you know? I th- totally thought my mom was a whore because she got married and divorced so many times. Yeah. I totally thought she was a whore. But she wasn't bringing any money, so why well, would you think that? She worked three jobs most of the time, but the fact was I still thought she was a whore, but I was in high school. I was stupid. Right. And then I grew up, and I realized, oh, wow, it wasn't that had nothing to do with whore. It was just her just trying to feed two children and doing yeah. whatever she could. And, yeah. And also... She has a pathologically bad you know, sure. barometer for men. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I get it. I haven't been so lucky myself till I met Dana. Right. When I was in seventh grade, I was in band with this guy, this guy named Ross. Uh, we'll save his last name. Why? Fuck it. It was Ross Huey. Okay. It's Ross Huey. Uh, Look him up. The rest of his family I love. I grew, you know, grew up in the same town. His parents are great. His sister is great. Ross Huey's kind of a fucking dick. So it's it, one day in band... We played saxophone together, and he said something. I don't know what gave him reason to say it. He was just like, hey, Himmel, I fucked your mom. And my response was, really? When? How did you get to fuck her? How did that, what? Uh, Really, you did? Did you play that out for me? How was it? He's like, oh, it was good, man. Your mom's a good lay. Wow, that's crazy that you, my mom fucked an eighth grader. I'm going to go and ask her about it. Oh. What? What? No, I, I'm just kidding. I didn't fuck your mom. Like, dude, like that shit didn't offend me yeah, because exactly. it's fucking stupid. Well, and you know, quite frankly, you this know. is a poem. I mean, I, you know, I don't, I want to, I don't want to deride. Well, yeah, we talk about all, all the insults against our mothers, of but Nation <laughs> in 1865, which has published some of the most important voices in American poetry. But let's be honest, it's poetry in America, which is basically like saying improv yeah. in America or. Hummel figurines in America. It's like, it's not that big a contingency. So for you know, a lot of people to be upset about it, it's like, you get really, really, and not just upset, but in pain. You know, it just, it just reminded me, you reminded me of something. Thing. You reminded me of something that I, that I'd never thought of before until this discussion that in the movie Coming to America, Eddie Murphy plays several mm-hmm. different characters. And one of the characters he plays is an old Jewish man. Mm-hmm. Yes, he does. I realize funny. now... Is it? Because I used to think it was, but now that we're talking about this, how awful that a black man in his 20s, maybe 30s, I don't know how old Eddie Murphy was, played an old white Jewish, in white face, or in Jew face, whatever you want to call it, that, how dare he, how dare he use that Jew, stereotypical quote-unquote Jewish accent, that offends me as a Jew. And that offends me as someone who knows old people. And you know what? It causes me pain because, well, my grandparents didn't talk that way. So does he think that my grandparents are just lazy Jews that sit in black barber shops all day and talk about boxing? Well, fuck you, Eddie Murphy. Have you seen Hamilton? I have not seen Hamilton. A lot of people love Hamilton. But Millennials it's a, love Hamilton. But it's a Hispanic Latino? I don't know. 
Hamilton wasn't those things. He was... Is that wrong? Well, oh, God. Not even, not even that. It's, oh, God. This is the thing. It's, what have we done? Is that in Hamilton the musical, the only racist, the only slave owner is Jefferson. But you know what? Alexander Hamilton owned slaves. Yeah. And Alexander Hamilton wanted a, wanted a president for life. And Alexander Hamilton right. was an elitist asshole. Uh-huh. And so, wait a minute. If we're gonna, if we're just gonna be honest, don't these people that were in pain have to disavow Hamilton, their favorite goddamn musical, which is basically Schoolhouse Rock Live meets the Fresh Prince of fucking L.A.? Don't, don't, right? Don't they, don't they have to say that the, the, 90s, the shitty 90s rap combined with the yeah. Schoolhouse Rock kind of mashup of Hamilton, that they have to disavow I'm just a bill! Yeah, it's whatever. Yeah, can you listen to it? I know that is I know. not that far from it. I I'm know. just a bill. Yeah. yeah, I'm only a bill. Yeah. it's like yeah, come on. I'm just, I, I'm really having. It's not like I'm trying to I'm, dismiss it. I'm really not trying to dismiss it. I just don't understand how you can equate being offended by something with being in pain because I've been it just, in pain it, it makes pain feels like yeah I, I, emotional pain it, yeah, about, yeah and an emotional pain too because that's what we're talking we're not talking I've about physical pain twice. I know what yeah. emotional pain right. feels like you know so I, I think it's an issue of you know why why is everybody so everybody gener, I'm generalizing yeah. why are the readers that were upset by this why are they so easily hurt? Why are they so soft? See, and that's the thing is, see, when you say they're soft, that that isn't that is offensive as well. That's sort of a bejewelry. sure it is. Except you're I, soft. But the thing about you it have is, a glass I, jaw. I wrote a, another piece in Litter Ape about the concept that is, you know, if you raised your children in a hermetically sealed room where temperature right. was controlled all the time and there were no corners and everything was padded, and then you let them out into the real world, they probably wouldn't survive. And it's not because they're soft, it's because they're completely ill-prepared for the fact that the world sucks yeah. and is hard and nature wants you to die all the time. Nature does want you to die Nature's all the time. trying to kill you all the time. It's what nature's supposed to do. It gives you a few one-ups, like eat more vegetables, but no, no it's mostly like cancer say, and storms. Nature and, doesn't yeah. say eat more vegetables. We well, do, but it's, so we won't get the cancer. But it gives you the things, like if you can figure out how to use these things for your benefit. It gives us you know, things that yeah, we can use. Exercise more. But, but it's you know. up to us to use them. Right. And it really goes right. down to Ben Franklin, who didn't own slaves, by the way. Right. Um, who said, uh, God helps those who help themselves. Yeah. And the thing about it is we've lost that, is that we're not helping ourselves. What we're doing is we're complaining about how much pain we feel from being offended. And I just don't understand it on a fundamental level. Yeah, I just, I, I mean, I, I, I made the, the glass jaw comment a minute ago because I think that people that get hurt really easily have glass jaws. You know, it's mm. a boxing term. If yeah. you, you go down really easy, you can't take a yeah. punch. If you think about Mike Tyson's punch out, the Nintendo game. Yeah. Oh. Glass Joe. Yeah, Glass Joe. Was the first He's character the first you had to fight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he was really easy to beat. And I sucked at Mike Tyson's punch out forever. Yeah. Like, it took me a while to beat Glass Joe. I'm just not good at video games. Yeah. But Glass Joe, which is a play on Glass Jaw, uh, right? Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, those Japanese, and they, they knew their shit. He was a white guy. Yeah. Uh, white, what the fuck? Japanese video He's game makers made a white guy. White guy. Yeah. Yeah. That's saying something, isn't it? It says a lot. Like a decent American, he's a weak. Uh. I'm offended yeah. and in pain. No, yeah. I'm not. No, I'm not. But like, that's the thing. The reason he's the first guy is he's a fucking pussy. Yeah. Get him out of the way and go fight fucking bald bull. Bald bull. I don't who know, was bald probably bull. Greek. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know. Like that. Yeah. 
Um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I've seen Bald Bull. Bald Bull, you'd be Greek or Latin. You know, working in, over yeah. in Greek town, yeah. you know, serving up some. <laughs> he just fixed my car. Bald Bull just Yeah, sure. My car. See, yeah. there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, or any of the other. Because after that, like, they all get, you know, they're all, it's very diversified. Yeah. yeah. The video game. They don't play around. But I think that's the thing is that if you've got a glass jaw, if you are too soft to handle. I don't know, different points of view or new points of view or things that might make you uncomfortable, you shouldn't be in the ring. Yeah, I agree. Don't read the nation stay, because stay the home. best writing is going to challenge and make That's you uncomfortable or make you shift. If you can't, if you don't have the right to offend, yeah. you don't have the right to express. And, and that's not to say to go out and offend people. It's not no, like, it's I'm, not gonna, about I'm not going to write a poem that's like, Fuck the blacks and fuck the homeless and fuck the Jews and they smell funny. No, because that why aren't you? Why are you so well, soft? No, because that's fucked up. That. Apparently, you know. And but here, apologize for it later. here's the ultimate on this, and I think maybe what should probably be the nice period to this is that poem wasn't even that good. I don't think it said anything. All right, Simeon cohort. Here's Don and David with the six things you should do for the week. All right, my first one this week. It's a find. Find a candidate. Find a mayoral candidate. Find a Chicago mayoral candidate who can beat current mayor Rob Emanuel. Rob? Whatever the hell his name okay. is. Rob he doesn't deserve. Emmanuel. He doesn't deserve the respect. Rob Emanuel. Rob Rob That's it. Yeah. Uh, just oh God. Just we need to get we him. We need out. to get rid of him. All right. Yeah. My second is a listen. Um, also, uh, from last week, I, I said, uh, I've been seeing a lot of really cool music and live music mm -hmm. at the yeah. Millennium Park this summer. And, uh, Willie Colon is one of the, the fathers of salsa. I mean, like, there were like eight guys that 150 years ago created salsa music, and he's one of the guys, and mm -hmm. he's still around. Um, he's fucking amazing. I want you to, I, was, I listened to several of his albums that are out, I want you to Pick up, or you can, and you can actually get it on, uh, you know, iTunes, anything like that. Mm -hmm. Historia de la Salsa, Historia okay. de la Salsa. It's a double album, Willie Colon. It's fucking amazing. It will make you so happy. You will listen to it, and you will not be able not to move. It's that good. It's crazy, and I can't dance for shit, and it makes me want to dance. <laughs> right on. Um, so my second this week is a get, get a bidet. Jesus Christ, you and your bidets. Just do it. I'm telling you, I had an experience this week where I was very grateful that I had a bidet. Okay. Uh, we don't have to... You're not going to... Okay. I'm a clean boy. There, you are. You have a clean colon. All right. My second is a read. It is a. It is a, an article. It's by Jeff Mache of the Daily Beast. It is entitled, How an Ex-Cop Rigged McDonald's Monopoly Game and Stole Millions. <laughs> Let me say it again. How an ex-cop rigged Monop McDonald's Monopoly game and stole millions. This is a fucking fascinating... It'll take you about 20 minutes to read. It's a long article. Yeah. But God damn it. Just how, how this guy basically was the keeper of all those little tokens, all yeah. those little things, and how he made fucking millions and then blew it. It is fucking fascinating. It's wow. a really, really interesting read. Wow. Cool. Yeah. All right. Um, let's see. So my third then is a listen. Listen to this, this band called Mom Jeans. I think I've talked about them mm -hmm. before. Uh, they've got a new album out called Puppy Love. Give that a listen. All right, Puppy Love. Yep. 
it's, Mom Jeans. Yeah. Okay. Great album. And mine is, and it's just because I, uh, the only reason I recommend this is because I have run into so many people uh, at Millennium Park who have not seen it. And I think it might be my favorite single film in the world. And I think it is one of the most brilliant satires ever put to screen. Terry Gilliam's Brazil. Mm. There's so many people yeah. that I've run into lately that have not even heard of it. I'm like, this is a timeless, brilliant movie whose thesis is very simply the only way for one man to extricate him from the system is to lose his mind. Yeah. And I absolutely highly recommend Brazil. And that's our six things. That is it. Thank you for listening. Have fun this week. This has been the Literate Apecast. You can find us on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and on literateape.com slash podcasts. For more information about Literate Ape, go to literateape.com and check out the rest of our podcasts, all of our writing, and our events. Music on the Apecast is courtesy of Mike Vinopal and Local Motive. You can catch them all over Chicago and online at locomotiveband.com.